Well, hello everyone, and welcome back to episode four of the Audio Files podcast. I Very am cool. Quinn, and as always, my co-host is the amazing, the wonderful, <laughs> the beautiful oh, Griffin true. Holt. Hello. Uh, we are here for episode four, and uh, this will be the first episode that we are posting that will go on Spotify along with everything else. We have finally been approved. So for everyone who was complaining about not being on Spotify, I think it was crying, not complaining. But that you know, sounds that's just me. that sounds more <laughs> accurate. But we are here now on Spotify, and because of that, we're gonna take a little bit of time to talk about some of our musical history, some of the firsts for us in our. Uh, long musical repertoire so we're going to kind of go back play with some of that stuff talk about why we think we have any authority to talk about music in long form so get ready for that uh but first of course we want to go ahead and say thank you to everyone who has been listening so far we've been continuing to get steady feedback from everybody and it is so awesome i say it every time but it really never gets old i love the fact that anyone is listening to this at all uh, I would be happy if it was just me and Griffin talking to each other, to be honest, but the fact that you... That's basically you pe- what it is, but people are listening in on. That's, that's, and that's how I'm it's at it. great. This is pretty much our dream come true. So thank yes. you to everyone for that, thank and you. hopefully now that it's on Spotify, we'll have even more chances for people to get on there and get in touch with us, talk about some stuff, and of course, follow us on there, whatever you want to do, promote it to your friends, because I guarantee you have somebody out there that would like this, and... I think we're getting funnier with each episode. So really, if you if you like comedy, I mean, don't come here for the music. You're going to get some laughs. laughs. Good times. Uh, so with that being said, we're, we got the introductions out of the way. We're going to get into one of my favorite parts of this entire thing, which is talking about what we've been listening to for the week. And oh, I'm boy. not even going to put you on the spot first this week because okay. I came ready, motherfucker. I had I'm ready. Something. No, I came ready this time. I'm ready. <laughs> you go. But I, I actually, this, this week I had uh, something I was really stoked to talk about. But um, first off, the couple things I've been listening to that are a little more minor uh, me and my girlfriend Brianna and my roommate Grisha, we just got done watching the third season of Stranger Things, which I don't know. Have you watched it yet? Uh, we finished it last week. Okay, so so we watched it just about at the same time. Um, I love Stranger Things. I'm a big Stranger Things fan, as I'm sure most of the world is. But anyway, because of that, I have been listening to some synthwave shit because I'm a basic-ass bitch. <laughs> I and, was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I've been listening to... Uh, Pale Waves, the the album that came out last year. I guess that's their only album. So I've been listening only to full that. Length, yeah, yeah, the only full length. So I've been listening to My Mind Makes Noises by Pale Waves, and I am such. I, I mean, I really am basic because I'm such a sucker for people singing with a British accent. I'm a sucker for emotional bands that are led by women, and. I apparently am now turning into a sucker for synth wave, and I tried to hold off on that as long as I could. I've been but trying to get you into synth music for fucking how many years? And I know. Like, this and, is how you get into it? Well, it, no, no. That's to, There's always been some background synth stuff, but uh, that album, fucking goddamn it, it slaps, and I hate that I love it so much almost, but whatever, man. I like it. It's sick. It, it is good, and I think I ruined it for my wife uh, <laughs> when we saw them live. <laughs> we saw them before they put that out, and uh, I, first off, I don't hate the album, but... Um, when we saw them, so they, this band, if you know anything about them, basically started from, you know, never playing a show, writing one song, and then, you know, 1975, uh, discovered them, got them signed, and took them under their wing. So I've kind of watched them 
um, kind of grow from that. And the few times they've come through town, they played smaller clubs. And the first time we saw them, while okay, they just hadn't found their niche yet. It just it wasn't a good live show. Like it wasn't bad. I believe that. But it didn't seem it, they didn't entertain me. They didn't grab me. It just seemed like they were there. And you know, I've already complained about how I, that stuff and seeing live. So uh, I'm not gonna go through that again. But it's it kind of soured my opinion on them. Now I've seen recent videos of them and they were much better. They finally like got into their groove and figured it out. It's just like, it's, they got so big so quickly that they didn't have time to get that shit figured out. Um, before they were touring, uh, all the time. So the album, when it came out, I, it sounds good to me. It sounds like it's like any other kind of band's first album, which I've been guilty of too. It's like, just here's everything we've written. Yeah. You know? Oh, totally. totally. Yeah. So it, 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 it doesn't seem like crafted. It, they're all great songs, but like, it's just, here's all the songs we did so far. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's and true. It's not, like, it's not like a true album. So I, for me, it's like it's good, but I'm holding out for like, all right, we've toured for two years. We're going to write like the album. And uh, that's what I'm kind of holding out for. So I think it's good, but like it wasn't like the banger I wanted it to be. But, yeah, uh, and I mean, and that's that's fair. I, I yeah. definitely don't think it is uh, reinventing the wheel, but it's so catchy. It's very accessible. It's very accessible. That's the it, point. Yeah. It is. And that first song is so like every time that I hear it, I'm just like bobbing up and down, oh, yeah. smiling still, ear to ear. It still slaps. You're right. Yeah, but anyway, so I've been listening to just like tons of weird synth shit, and uh, this guy at work, the is like a DJ, and he plays a bunch of weird synthy type stuff. He's he's older, and so he has like some older influences. But there's this band that I'd never heard of called The Midnight, which I I think they're kind of bigger. Oh, now. Uh, hold on, let me. I I always have Spotify open during this, so That's yeah, a I know smart the Midnight. Move. Yeah, I just had to look at the logo. Um, yeah, I love I like that band too. Um. Do, do they have singing or they don't have singing? They remember. do have singing, but there is it's, also it's not like, every track though. Yeah, right? not every track, and also there is like equal parts fucking saxophone to singing. Oh yeah, okay. So yeah, this is uh, if you've never got into like FM eighty four and all those artists like that, like this yes. is this is a good branch out. But yeah, the Midnight's good, but there are bands uh, way bigger, way better than the Midnight, but they're good. So if that if you're into that, like branch out now that go through the you know fans also like section yeah and that's and that's di- what i'm gonna do because i didn't yeah. at first when i when it came on i was like this is stupid i don't i don't yeah. like this but the more that i was listening to it and it got stuck in my head i realized kind of the gimmick that it was going for and also realized like i'm okay with that this this doesn't bother me i want to listen to this more so i've been listening to that a little as well no i love all that so that is a uh thumbs up for me and yeah. time cop 1983 i mean i'm just looking yeah at yeah time cop bands. yes you're like you're like two three years behind me on this one because this is I, like, and that's you true probably and remember I, like i was fucking banging the shit out of this stuff like, yes like and that's and ago. that's the thing is that i while you were trying to get me into this i was purposefully holding out because i for whatever reason just couldn't do it uh and and previously and i'm sure i am sure i will talk about this on another episode but previously pretty much the only synthy 80s type shit that i could get into was the first Tears for Fears album, The Hurting, and oh, that uh, songs from the Big Chair. So, this is so weird. You're bringing all this up, and I'm gonna wait till I, it's my turn. But <laughs> this is so weird that you're bringing all this up. So it's a bro. It's it, the but let's talk about if we're gonna talk about some Tears for Fears. Don't tell me that The Hurting's the better album because songs from the Big Chair, Ooh. front to back, baby. Like, Ooh, that that okay. That blows we, here. We might we might have to to table that one because I The Hurting is like that's like a top 20 album for me fam like uh no songs of the big chairs like top 10 i actually do mm. Mm. yeah we're, we're, we're gonna <laughs> i'm not saying you're, it's a bad album i'm just telling you don't even try to name all the songs on fucking songs of the big chair oh wait they're all singles and they fucking slap all day long <laughs> i mean crushes it i will say though that whenever me me and uh brianna were in 
Los Angeles a couple months ago for the first time, and in one of the restaurants we went in, um, I'm blanking on the song title, but one of the one of the songs off Songs from the Big Chair came on, and I was like, oh my god, this is way better than I remember, and I went back and listened to it, and it's it's better than I gave it credit for. <laughs> but I am still a hurting guy. So anyway, I had held out mm, on synth mm, stuff mm. for for so so long. But whatever, I've just like given into the fact that I mean I'm a nerd. I love sad music, and I also just love interesting music. And you know, if, if synth is the gimmick, then whatever, I'll be here for it. Okay, just... I'm gonna need everybody to at Queen Heidi now and fucking tell him, <laughs> come on, it, it's we all know, we know what it's... songs from the big chair. Come on, come on. Well, you know. <laughs> I think that the jury's still out, but don't make me sing fucking the working hour or mothers talk to you because I've sang that around the house so many times. Mothers talk is the shit. <laughs> it's Let's really good. <laughs> this okay. is the Tears for for Fears episode. This, yeah, this, this is. Hi, welcome to the Tears for Peer, Fears podcast. Uh, this is it. We're fucking doing it. T- tears for beers, baby. Uh, tears uh, for beers. <laughs> uh, so anyway, the synth stuff has been uh, on repeat lately, but what has actually been the most listened to thing for me this week and i honestly think is one of my favorite uh albums that i've heard recently i mean honestly in like years i think that i've heard um from like a band that i hadn't listened to prior this is like my favorite album and it's uh from a band called cryptodira excuse me (laughs) yeah it's uh it's a british band that i found out about i've I've actually known about them for uh, probably like what what, spell it C-R-Y-P-T-O-D-I-R-A. Cryptodira. Wait, hold on. Can you use it in a sentence? Language of origin. Okay, now I find it. I just wanted to see what their stuff is on Spotify. Okay, continue. So I've known about them for like about six months or so. Uh, The reason that I know about them is that they are managed by Tom Williams, who is the guitarist for Stray From The Path and also Tradewind. Uh, and uh okay car bombs on this list so i'm in all right well so (laughs) the best way i can describe rollo tomasi all right hit me with it they they actually just toured with rollo tomasi they were in they're in europe right now uh, and just finished up a leg with them so the album i've only listened to the one album from 2017 what is it called it's like devil's despair or something like that the cover's pretty sick too okay i'm so it is essentially like if it's like if you took Alaska by Between the Buried and Me replaced all of the weird leaning towards proggy parts and replaced them with more like European influenced death metal, but kept the overall progressive song structure and then just recorded it way better than Alaska was recorded. And that's this album, bro. It is so fucking good. I'm ready. This will be on rotation. It is. I'll be listening to it. It is incredible, dude. The entire thing. I've listened to it, I think, like four or five times straight through. Like, I just, I kept turning it on over and over, and I couldn't stop. Um, I need to look at the song titles because there are a few in particular. If anyone doesn't want to listen to the full thing, um, listen to, uh, I'm sure I'm mispronouncing it, The Gods of uh, Epicurus, and listen to. Uh, Actually, bro, all these songs are so fucking good. Uh, the fascist fantasy is also amazing, but the the whole thing flows so so well, and it has so many different elements. It's it's also got like moments of very sort of uh, Britishy metalcore in there that are sort of yeah. you know dialed back that aren't as death metally, but it's I mean it's tons of blast beats that at times 
are very uh death heaven like very like shoegazy at moments um but it has a like i said as someone who has since fallen out of love with between the buried me but i i do love prog metal bands in general this is everything i could have hoped for because they are like i said all of the theatrical like dream theater side of between the buried me is all just replaced with fucking like european death metal and blast beats and it's Uh, you know i I think i added it as a topic on earth list to talk about european death metal or just european metal in general but yeah yes that's that's a selling point is this a concept album it looks like it might be. it is it is a concept album yes it is a con and now i have not looked into specifically what the concept is but it is a concept album i mean they're a progressive band through and through so what's the vocals like did you say that so, I mean, it's 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 very traditional. Well, I, it's actually that's. Not I mean, is it all is it all guttural or is it? Does it have no, no, it's or? it's it's all over the place. So oh, I okay. watch. I think it's not an audio tree or a KEXP even, but there is a live. Or there's a video of them playing recently live, and I didn't know what the singing setup was, but uh, I think it's the guitarist and the bassist are doing the vocals. There, there's two vocalists, and it's it's a mix of like. It's it's very metalcore in the vocals in terms of being like high screams, low screams, mids, some gutturals, and then also there's like brief moments of singing, and that's where the more like Britishy metalcore stuff comes in. But bro, it is it is just like amazing all the way through. It's got some of the catchiest, it's got some of the catchiest guitar riffs over blast beats that I think I've ever heard at times. Oh, don't don't oversell it. I'm fucking ready. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I but I've just been waiting all week to talk about it um because it's Damn. it's so so good. No, that's and, a hell of an endorsement. It, so it says they're a four piece but so they're it's two guitar players I assume. There's not like a singer singer. No, yeah, there's the yeah, everyone who's singing is also playing an instrument, okay, which is cool, okay. pretty crazy. Which is because, even more impressive, yeah. Yes, if because if how you're saying it is. Yeah, and it's it's not quite as complex as even between the buried me or like some other like straight up traditional prog, but that's like no, but for, I don't, I don't that's for the better. Yeah, yeah. The yeah, the that's... only real criticism I have of this album, which I mean I can't really complain too much because I think they're still fairly unknown and low level, uh, is that the toms on this album all sound fucking horrible. Like on the drums, <laughs> like paper bags. Oh my god! No, they just like <laughs> it's like someone didn't. I don't know. There, there's just like barely any differentiation between any of the toms, and they're all so flat. Like the mm-hmm. it, I don't know, man. It just the snare sounds tight, and the the bass drum sounds tight, cymbals sound tight, but it's just like the, all of his toms sound fucking terrible. He'll be doing a roll, and then all of a sudden, like he's hitting probably every tom on his set. But you're like, was that all mid tom? What's going on there, buddy? Yeah, it's it's probably because it's typical metal where it's just completely dead. There's no yeah, and I no I definition to him. When I heard the live performance, though, way way better. Sounded so yeah. much sicker. But on the album, the toms were recorded a little, little iffy. But anyway, I think I I don't know. Maybe these dudes will blow up. Maybe they won't. I mean, they're they seem to be gaining a little more traction. But this album in particular, super super great for anyone who loves death metal, progressive metal, metalcore, concept albums, any of it. Like, go listen to this shit because you will like it. It is fire sick yeah so but anyway i was I'll ready come back next week and tell you why you're wrong yeah <laughs> <laughs> so go listen to that one uh because it's really good and also the last thing i will throw in here uh is that literally like an hour before we even started recording this i 
watched the uh, new video for the new Knocked Loose song that just came out today. They just released mm. it today. Oh, okay. I haven't watched that then. Bro. I heard that then. That band, I mean, they, they have got to be in contention for one of the best bands recording right now because every I mean, they song. Started a, started a genre there. I or mean, I don't know if they started it, but I mean, they're at least championing that genre. It's so good. And every breakdown, like, it just makes me like. A fucking Neanderthal. I think I've told you that before, but every breakdown, I, I just <laughs> yeah. turn into a caveman because it's. Well, when's the shit so fucking heavy. dropping? I'm tired of all these singles. Let's go. I think it. I think it's uh, August. I think I want to say it's like August 22nd or some shit. Uh, it's. I, I think it's like sometime the, in August. So. I feel like that first single came out like two years ago. Like let's let's do this. Well, it was weird because they released they released the single and it was like a part of an EP and everyone was like, what the fuck? Like you guys aren't doing an album. You're just doing this EP. Yeah. And then it turned out that the EP just had like other like covers on it or some shit. Yeah. And then like two months later, they're like, "Oh no, wait, we are releasing an album. This goes along with it." So they, it was a weird, okay. a weird reveal. But um, that new song is sick. Every Knocked Loose song has like the same level of stoked for me, and I, so, they have not disappointed me yet. So yeah, I, I've, I've I've liked them. I don't hard. think I've ever. I don't think I ever got into like I like the album, but to me, it was another one of those things where like something about it didn't. Like it started to blend, and at least from the two singles I heard on the new one, like it almost seemed like it's another one of those things where like, are right, they've had time to like figure out who they are? Oh yeah, and like whatever direction they were going, at least those first two singles, like I'm like, oh shit, I'm here for it, and the yeah. videos like completely sold it. So I never disliked it, but it was like I listened to that album, and it's like, okay, this feels like a band that I need to see live. It's not really an album band, but I feel like the next one is going to be like this is one I'm going to throw on because it feels like an album to me. Yeah, um, I oh man, I would not be surprised if that album is like my album of the year 2019 i mean i don't want to i don't want to, I I don't want to overpromise for myself but i think that that album will certainly be up there because that every song so far has been great and laugh tracks is one of my favorite albums of like the past five years so yeah I've, i mean the, the attention they're getting i think they're gonna get even bigger and they're just a bunch of fucking redneck kentucky boys dude I mean that's that's what, the way we grow them. I mean, come on, <laughs> corn <laughs> corn fed. <laughs> um, so related to that, which is so weird that you brought it up. Uh, so I'll dive. Let me backtrack to last week. So I got the John Goblecon book, um, and which, by the way, it is like 150 pages, and that is a stretch. <laughs> that is 150 <laughs> page. Like it's it's it's. <laughs> It's John Goblecon John Goblecon's guide to living your best life, and it's clearly for comedy. Um. But like it's just like some pages have like two sentences on them. I mean, you have to look at it, but it's it's worth getting. Um, I don't know. You can wait. You don't have to get it. You know, right this minute. But uh, I definitely think you should get it because it's a fun read and it took me two sittings to read to read the whole thing. So I'm here for that. Um, yeah, it's, it, two sitting. I should say before bed is two times before bed is when I finished it. But um, oh shit, I'm trying to remember the quote because I told my wife I'm even fucking dying. Um, oh, <laughs> the the best quote from the book is. Uh, excuses are like assholes. It's all about the presentation, so. <laughs> <laughs> which is not wrong. <laughs> That's why it's so fucking funny. So um, when you come across that in the book, I was not expecting it because it's like on a page turn. And <laughs> but that's the kind of advice he's giving. So there's your setup. Uh, check it out. It's very funny. Wow. Um, I've already heard from one friend that who's checked it out that the talk show is really good. So and don't think I'm not using right now in everyday life. So nice. same. Uh, Anyway, so while I was reading the book, I, I usually try to put on um, some kind of Spotify playlist for like, you know, for reading and it's always some, you know, kind of chill wave stuff or whatever. But um, I'd been putting on some instrumental stuff, some math rock stuff. And for whatever reason, 
I don't know if I, if I did it or it came up or whatever reason I put on uh, color film, the album living arrangements, which is Daryl Palumbo's side project mm-hmm. of a thousand, but he came out, that album came out two years ago. And at the time it did not hit me at all. I was like, Daryl, like, where's that glass jaw at? <laughs> um, and then he finally released the new glass all the year later. So like, all right, now I've come. So coming back to this, I felt a better, but it, it kind of fucking slaps. Um, it's very eighties. It's very tears for fears. Um, it's more the, the upbeat, like tears for fears with all the weird bass and like, um, weird drum lines and just samples and stuff, but, um, it's not fucking bad. It's very head automatica too. So like, imagine that with tears for fears is kind of what it sounds like. Yeah. Um, well, I remember hearing the, at least one of the songs when it came out, but I never listened to the full album. Cause I think I was sort of thinking the same thing. Like, this is great, but give me what I really yeah. want. But, uh, I yeah. will be going back and listening to that. Cause I kind of forgot it existed. I mean, crank it. Cause it, it's one that needs to be, it's, it's very, it's only the two guys. And it's, what's funny is the other guy in it is from men, women, and children. And it's not the guitar player that left Glassjaw to go to men, men, women, and children. So it's just kind of a weird connect there. But um, I listened to uh, promoting another podcast here, but Lead Singer Syndrome, and Daryl Palumbo was on it like a month ago, which oh, that's worth checking out, by the way. Um, but he brought up uh, the guy who runs it is the singer of Silverstein, I think. Mm-hmm. Is, yeah, yeah, Shane. Told. Um, he brought up, yeah, he brought up. Uh, is there ever going to be another color film? And I, it just, for whatever reason, it's been like stuck in my head for a month. Like, oh, that band. Uh, but I listening to it uh, again, I listened to it multiple times this week. Like I forgot how much of the album I remember and just for whatever reason, it was one of those, it was just like, not today. I didn't dislike it. It was just put it on the shelf. So I'm glad I came back to it. It's still not the best thing he's done, but there are a few songs on there. I'd pull off and, you know, throw in a playlist or whatever. Cause it's, it's pretty good for what it is. Like I, I would, I want to see, I hope they do something else. Cause it's got a lot of legs on it. So, yeah. I mean, and he's, uh, I feel like if there's anyone that, uh, that could just do a random project like that. It's probably Daryl Palumbo. I put my faith his in him vo- for that. Yeah, his voice fits it and yet doesn't fit it at the same time. That's what kind of <laughs> makes it interesting. That's but like how I feel it, about all Daryl Palumbo things, though. Yeah, he just kind of for- wedges himself in there. He's just yeah. like, oh, shit, should I be here? Oh, yeah, I'm going to do it. <laughs> um, I mean, it's like his cameo on that Every Time I Die song. I mean, it's like it shouldn't be there, but goddamn, is it there? Man, it's um, that's Jesus Christ. That whole story on that is so great too. Just with uh, that, he just came in and basically they smoked a blunt and then did two takes and they're like, "All right, lunch." Like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was <laughs> there was no effort into that. Not that there should have been because it's basically a line repeated. But um, anyway, everybody knows I love Daryl. But uh, I definitely check out Color Film if you're into kind of it's not. I don't want to say it's synth, but it's very that Tears for Fear sound. Yeah. From at least from Songs from the Big Chair. It's probably more the sounds of the album after. Songs from the Big Chair, which I can't think of what it is off the top of my head, but um, it's got more of a vibe like that, which yeah. I don't dislike. But uh, either way, check it out, see what you think. Um, I think it's a, a sleeper that a lot of people didn't check out. The other one on the completely opposite end of the spectrum, um, you know it, I know it, that new fucking Slipknot. <laughs> mm. I was, it's, I was just mm-mm, thinking mm-mm, that mm-mm, in my mm-mm, mind. Mm-mm. <laughs> uh, I mean, I... I love them. <laughs> That's all I can say. As much as I want to dislike Slipknot, actually, I don't say not, not as much as I want to dislike them. As much as I'm expecting them to disappoint me, um, because obviously self-titled, we, we can have a whole episode on this, and I, we probably will have a whole episode on Slipknot yes. when the album comes out, which is I think in like less than two weeks. It's, it's, it's very no, soon. It's an it's the ninth. Yeah, uh, so they are building it now. Friday. Yeah, they're basically um, this new track though 
because you know they always have this like release that big banger at the beginning and they did with this album that's coming out and then they always kind of release something that's like more like the radio friendly one this one's not radio friendly yeah all. no like, <laughs> and the video for it's pretty cool it, it mixes uh some footage from um that new show the boys yeah that's that comic yeah uh, or it was a graphic novel and it's coming to amazon so it's it's very graphic and just fucking guts and blood so i'm just like okay well i'm here for it and the video just looks it's very well filmed it's like a live stuff i don't know i was just i was surprised how much i liked it um, and how excited I am for this album because I, I like chapter five, but you know, it, it, it felt very restrained because, you know, they didn't have their bass player. They didn't have fucking Joey and they didn't really let, um, what's his butt. What's the fucking drummer's name? Oh, uh, God damn it. I always, it's always uh, Weinberg. Is that his last name? Yeah. Jay Weinberg. Jay, Jay Weinberg. Weinberg. Yeah. Yeah. And I follow him on everything. So it's weird that I forget that. But, um, like you could tell they actually let him fucking open up on this album and even just the riffs. It's just, I feel like they all like, this was, this is what they needed. It's like another Iowa, if you will. Like they went through some shit as this group of people, um, enough to write an album. I'm just guessing just based on the two singles. So I'm hoping the whole album bangs like this, but either way I'm here for the singles. I, yeah, I have high hopes for it. And, and actually, uh, you know, I have been really critical of Jay Weinberg in the past because I thought that all of his drumming was super sloppy and always really like upset me because I, I I'm also a huge Joey Jordison fan. I mean, as I think anyone, oh, sure, yeah. anyone who plays drums fucking loves Joey. Yeah. But I was always sort of just like disappointed because it always felt like someone doing a, like a YouTube cover of any Joey Jordison song, even on the stuff. How, he could, was, it, how could he not though? Yeah, I mean, exactly. That's, that's, and that's the that's thing. What he's hired is, for. Yeah, totally. And I think that yeah. I've sort of moved past that now. And just that, like you said, I feel like this is the album that they were meant to make with this iteration. It sounds yeah. great. And his drums get me stoked. And I think that he in some ways does a better job of finding a way to fit his stage presence into Slipknot comparatively yeah. because yeah joey was turning upside down on drum risers but i yeah. mean like jay weinberg is kind of, I, I don't even know what he looks like under that mask because i've never i don't follow him on anything but oh in, please, bro as a drummer fucking but in my it, mind like, he's it, like a deranged fucking lunatic because he always oh, is doing that no he's actually drums. actually a fucking sweetheart um i recommend following him especially on instagram because he posts uh live stuff all the time just whoever his tech is is just filming stuff so i know why you think he's sloppy because most of the stuff that first came out it was all you know nerves everything blah 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 but like he's he's fucking crushing it every night and yeah. doing the stuff he's doing and i think it, to me it's like he's bringing my generation into slipknot uh because you know he's i think he's maybe a couple years younger than me maybe i think he's still in his late 20s maybe he's 30 by now but um Either way, you know, he and he grew up with the band when he was fucking a little kid. So yeah. the whole, I don't have to get the whole backstory. But anyway, the point is, is that I feel like it's my generation because, I mean, even when he's not in Slipknot, he's playing in, uh, with members of other bands. Like he's uh, in a he was in a band with the singer of uh, Touche Moray. Like, you know, oh, so I didn't like know that. Yeah, he's of the he's always wearing shirts from bands we like in the scene. So like the dude is, is very connected, hmm. which helps, you know, bring that that fan base in but i mean he's playing sjc drums i mean i play sjc so it's just like you know it's he's doing stuff of the now versus if joey jordan's was in it like he's not bringing anything new to the table so That's like true. it's he's bringing a style and a youth to it it's kind of how like when billy joined um dillinger escape plan yeah, you know, like it yeah brought, i can it see brought a new aspect to it so i've always been felt that was weird because of the age difference but really it brought in a new life to it um because who gives a fuck about age at this point i mean but um yeah, it's just interesting to me. Like he, I, I was very, and I think they even like you know talked about it when it came out. Like the first al the album he was first on, Chapter Five. Uh, you know, they basically he just played. Here's the song, play it. You know. Yeah. And now they've kind of let him, 
he's proven his worth because you know he you know he was hazed and fucking to to come into that fucking band you know yeah. you don't just get let in so yes and especially with the new guy who everybody calls tortilla man um <laughs> fucking tortilla the, man <laughs> just because that's what his mask looks like but from what i understand that uh and we can get into this on that episode is like the whole point is that mask is deteriorating because it's going to reveal something later which to me all the theatrics of yes that, I'm just like, uh, bro oh yeah i am so, wow <laughs> i'm here for it talk so, about things uh, that get me excited yeah so we'll talk about we'll go into that stuff maybe the week after the album or whatever let's give it time to digest but i'm super excited for it and I, it doesn't matter any slipknot album just because what a fucking treat for the eyes and ears <laughs> so yeah and you know what just speaking in terms of something purely from aesthetics their masks are fucking sick for this album cycle i know that they keep always altering them a little bit <laughs> except for cory cory's just looks like a milk jug <laughs> put on his face <laughs> i mean i'm i like it more and more every time i see it i get what it is but my problem with that mask is he spent so much time saying how they i'm gonna fuck up what the whoever the horror guy is the big mask creator um, oh yeah 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 tom savini is that who it is i think it's tom savini that sounds uh, right you know, like the guy, and he, he was an actor too, played in, you know, From Dust Till Dawn, all the classic horror movies in uh, Dawn of the Dead, blah, blah, blah. Um, but he's like, oh, I'm working with him. This shit's going to be crazy. And then came out, and it looks like just somebody cut a milk jug, eye, eye holes in a mouth, and just threw it on his face. I'm like, bro, that's what you were bragging about? So it looks better as I see it, but like, it's still the best one is fucking the DJ, Sid. Yeah. If you've watched it, like, his, he's got a face on his face that moves. Yeah. Like he can, it's like animatronic. It's so cool. It's, it's scary as fuck that mask. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> like, Cause it though. looks like a person if you're not paying attention and like, he's making facial expressions, but it's like, it's tied to his face somehow. I don't know. It's fucking, we'll get into that later. Anyway, it's, it's, I'm here for it. I'm fucking, you know, I'm a maggot for life. Let's yeah. do this. <laughs> well, you know that, that Corey mask, uh, I think really went over well when, uh, he was wearing it on stage playing Jordan and soothsayer as Buckethead in 2007. <laughs> yeah. Because, bro, that's the Buckethead mask. Yeah. That is, I mean, it's... That is Buckethead. Yeah, everybody else's looks tight. And I, I'm starting, like I said, I'm starting to like it more and more. But it's just, it's so funny. Because everybody says he looks like Chad Kroger, too. From Nickelback. <laughs> <laughs> with that hair over it. So. Oh, God. Poor Corey. <laughs> I mean, he's doing him. So the fact that he's... I think he sounds better now than he did even the last album. So. He does. I saw a video on some YouTube channel the other day that was... Uh, his very first show was Slipknot from... Oh, I saw that too. God, yeah. Bro, it was crazy though to see... Like I mean, he sounded or, awful or comparatively. Like that, yeah. But uh, he... Yeah, he sounds amazing still. He, I mean, he's got to go down as like one of the best metal vocalists of all time. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, his voice is iconic and even just him... It's funny, like you hear him in interviews and just like him like would yell or do something excitable. Like it's like, that's the voice. Like, yeah. you know, it's just like how it's just, that's just how he sounds. Yeah. And it's, it's so raw and heavy and frantic, but also, I, I don't know. I think, yeah. I, anyway, I digress because yes, Slipknot is still sick and will always be sick. Oh, that was a good pun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, baby. You know, the, the maggots get it. You know, that's that's what it is. I love that that's the fan base, too, is the fucking the maggots. <laughs> I actually, I had a friend who had, uh, when uh, Subliminal Versus came out, he, there was a, they made a shirt that was 
uh, for Pulse of the Maggots, and it was just like the most grotesque maggot on oh, a yeah, shirt. I, I, I remember that, yeah. So yeah. sick, dude. I always That's wanted a sick that song shirt. Too, by the way, it is that oh, album. The, drum, the drums in that song. Oof. There, when that album came out, I remember because that was like when everybody my age. I mean, I'm, I'm a little younger than you, obviously. So people my age were not listening to Slipknot prior to that, and then that came out, and like everyone was like, "Oh, I can get behind this," and I yeah. didn't want to like it, but. I mean that that's like that album is so heavy and ridiculous. It, it, it's it took me. We're we're getting into the episode. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. Anyway, that album took me a minute. We'll talk about it later. But yes, it is classic now. God. Yes. So is we, this episode? Let's just get into yeah. it. <laughs> so really, we're just telling we're, what we're telling you guys is that if you like Tears for Fears and Slipknot, you'll love this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. You've come to the right place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway well that that covers uh that took about 30 minutes to talk about the show we've been talking or listening <laughs> yeah. to this week and i'm totally okay with that because yeah that's what's on the brain um but that's that's fine because i think that some of this stuff is some introductory knowledge for anyone who may be listening that doesn't know us personally and like i said now that we're on all of the major streaming platforms i want to get some of the stuff out there and i realize that some of these things that I want to talk about or ask you specifically are things that I may not even know about you, even though I've known you now for Jesus Christ. How many years have I known you? Because I don't even really have uh, that many memories without you in them now. I was about to say it is. So I'll celebrate my 16 years with my wife, your sister, uh, in, in January and our wedding anniversary is five years next month. So basically 16 years. And that's at this point I've been with, I've been with your family longer than uh, without. Yeah. I mean, I, so, so yes, yeah. literally <laughs> since I was nine years old, I have known you. But yeah. some of this stuff, I think, yeah. actually may be questions that have never come up or things that I've never known. And mm-hmm. uh, this is – I, I want to start here because I, I was thinking about this for myself, and I definitely don't know the answer for you. What's the first album you ever purchased? Ooh. Um, wow. Um, like that I've like, – like went out and picked kind of thing is what you mean yeah because like, i mean i can i can definitely think of albums that i had like gifted to me or whatever yeah, but I, I know the first album that i bought but i don't know if you i've never I, you heard know, yours I don't know if, what when you said that what came to my mind and this is probably it's probably close to probably not what i actually purchased but i want to say it's either um and i think we talked about this last week it's either blink 182 in of the state or it's actually probably no. It's got to be this one I'm about to say because this album came out before. Uh, Metallica Reload was probably the first one I bought. Ooh. So that was what ninety. Let me look it up. I think that's yeah. When is Reload? Uh, Holy shit. Ninety six, maybe. That sounds right. So, yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. somewhere in there. Actually, while you're looking that up, I will give a, a brief sidebar that uh, ninety seven. In giving a shout out to another podcast which I think absolutely anyone who listens to music should listen to is the downbeat with Craig Reynolds. Um, he was talking to someone, uh, he was actually talking to Mike Johnston. If you're familiar with Mike Johnston, the online drum teacher, uh, drum teacher. Uh, I don't think so. you, you'd know him if you saw him probably okay. anyways. Okay. Uh, they were talking about Deftones and Craig. Oh, you better be something good. Uh, you better be something good. Well, they both love Deftones, <laughs> but Craig was talking about how, uh, uh, Gore, the latest album, he, he was like, "Let's just let's get real for a second. What's going on with those drums in Gore?" And yeah, that's and that's a problem. He he said that Gore is Deftones Saint Anger. So dwell on it's that. It's unfortunate. That yeah, that sucks. <laughs> that was one of the. I remember as soon as that album came out, all the comments were like, 
what the fuck happened with the mixing on this album? And there was some poor excuse from the guy who did it and the band tried to defend it, but we all know it was, it's, it's not mixed as well as it could have been. But I think this, most of the songs on that album, uh, you'd forget about, or you forget about how poor it poorly it's mixed. That's you know, true because it, they speak for themselves. One, once I, once he said that I went back and turned a couple songs on and yeah. I mean, from from the first song, "Prayers Triangles," I was just like, "Man, yeah. this song is so good. Those drums really sound bad, though." Yeah, it, it, it's not. It, you know, it's no diamond eyes, and those drums, fucking. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, I guess once you reach the top of the mountain, you can only stumble back down. Yeah, you know. So, uh, but anyway, uh, I that's not not that that album isn't good. Anyway, reload. Would that have been the first one? I think it would be because I remember the experience of it had to be that because it's how vividly I'm remembering it because it was so special and weird for me to buy um, that or being being allowed to buy it. I guess it would be. And I think a lot of people hate Reload, but I fucking love Reload. Um, and I'm not a, you know, it's a sacrilege, but, you know, as much as I like Metallica and all their albums have been burned into me, um, you know, it. I can't go. I don't listen to the old ones or can't appreciate them as much because they've recorded like fucking trash. They are so, it, but it's eighty stuff. I get that. So like, it's just hard for me to enjoy even like old Slayer stuff. It's hard for me to enjoy because of how good music sounds now. Like it yeah. doesn't it doesn't feel full bo- full bodied. So it's like you know, and in that nineties title, I mean, Load and Reload, um, both are recorded really fucking well. And I don't know. I like them. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, to me, those are like my favorite Metallica albums. Um, and I know nobody else feels that way, but I fucking love Reload. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I I don't hate Reload, but uh, if I can say something that's going to be a very unpopular opinion to sort of jump off of what you had just said, and I'm going to get yeah. real close to the mic to this one so that I can whisper it. Uh, <laughs> Please tell us. I really fucking don't like Slayer at all. I, oh, I know who's fucking upset about this. There's, you're oh, about to get a call? Yeah. <laughs> you're about to get a, I know two people who are very upset about this. I think my so doorbell's about to listens. ring. Yeah, fucking knock, knock, knock. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but I do you know like what Metallica. I'm gonna. Um, yeah. So let's just put it out there. Uh, I like Metallica, or I appreciate Metallica. I can find anything on their discography I can listen to. I am not a huge Slayer fan, except for God hates them all. That is the one I will fucking jam any day of the week, just because I remember when that came out, um, and just how one it was on September 11th. So like, come on, <laughs> let's let's do this. Um, but. It was one that, like, at my age, you know, Slayer was coming out at a time when, like, I was paying attention to that genre. So, you know, like, Iowa by Slipknot just came out right at the same time. System of a Down's Toxicity, like, all in in that month, all those came out. So, like, it was like, oh, another metal album that people were talking about. So, of course, I checked it out. So, that was kind of my first entry. I I knew Rain and Blood, but um, to, like, the band. So, that's why it's special to me. It's not not their best album, I'm sure. But to me, it's the one that I go back to. Um, But as a, you know... Somebody asked recently about going to see them live, and I'm just like, that's no, a hard just, pass for me. They are they are they are riding that horse to the grave, and I know it's their last tour, or the fourth leg of their last tour. I mean, fucking hanging up already, but yeah, just, we Jesus do have Christ. a couple friends um, that and love them, and I get it, and you know that's I'm sure they feel the same way. we how we feel about it, but it's a band that's special to them because of the history of it. So yeah, and I'll I'll know. accept that. And I don't as like an Megadeth answer, either, but. Yeah, no. Megadeth fucking blows too. So um. I, but you know what though, I I like uh, I like P cells. If we're talking Megadeth, uh, okay, that but no, Megadeth. Sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just put that out there. Uh, but so for me in my time frame, and we can get into this in a later episode too. But the, you know, the big ones that were hammered into me, especially growing up in my teen years and the metal bands I was metal band I was in, um, you know, it was like Metallica, 
um, Some Slayer, and then the big one, Pantera. So to me, it's like, fuck all the other bands, Pantera's where it's at for me. Yes. Now, Pantera is, so, is somewhat ruined for me because of how much I had to fucking listen to Pantera growing up. Um, so it doesn't have a lot of great memories around that. But uh, every fucking album uh, from Cowboys from Hell, not the power metal shit, but <laughs> we don't, we don't from talk Hell about onward. Those. It's just that was the perfect metal band for me. Like that is metal to me. Yeah, and, and I know Metallica's supposed to be, but it, no, it's it's fucking Pantera. Yeah, and you know what? Texas, it's Pantera. One of the thing, yeah, one of the things that I've noticed uh, since moving back down to Texas is that when I lived here previously, I mean, I, I was like thirteen when I moved away from here, and nobody mm-hmm. that was my age was listening to Pantera at all, regardless. No, 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 no. But now that I've come back, and you know, people are older. Bro, everyone loves Pantera down here. It's crazy. Like, it doesn't oh, matter yeah. if you like that kind of music or not. Like, Texans love Pantera, and I'm fucking here for that. Oh, yeah. Well, they just had so many singles that, you know, were so radio-friendly and that crossed all the genre. I mean, Cemetery Gates, obviously, and this letter. I mean, it's it's enough that it it hooks enough people in to where you can appreciate the band. But, uh, you know, growing up in Texas and when Dimebag died, you know, I was in Texas um, at the time. And then I you know live in Columbus, Ohio now where he was fucking shot at the venue that's, you know— right here in town yeah <laughs> so it's just, the weird connection i've had to that band my whole life um is just for me that's metal like that is let's fucking do it yeah it's fucking pantera i mean seriously um so the point is reload was my first purchase <laughs> yeah that was we did it <laughs> but the, the point is, it opened a lot of doors for me because that was something i found on my own and i i think you know now that i think about it i think it's because i saw the memory remains video um and that's that weird one where they're on this fucking like trapeze in a room and it's like that old man yes thing so i saw that on mtv and i'm like oh shit like i was already kind of starting to get into that genre and i was nine i think at the time it was 97 um so i was already intrigued and that was enough to be like my parents knew who metallica was enough to like let me buy it because it wasn't something too strange yeah and, like it wasn't gonna be anything um it wasn't like Marilyn manson which you know a couple years later fucking got really into but <laughs> that's another episode too uh, that's, yeah uh, that's a whole other can of worms oh fucking oh that's good shit. that's some good shit the early stuff but um yeah i think that opened a hell of a lot of doors and i i'm just now realizing for myself so um yeah i'm gonna go with metallica reload okay uh well let me You're let up. me brace you for impact because uh the first albums i bought <laughs> is it gonna beat metallica reload? it is like, it, it is it. not it's going to be most likely far worse um I'm actually having. I, I thought I had it figured out, but I'm there. There's there could be a discrepancy, and it's between two albums, and it is either the first album by Hoobastank. You know, I, I can get on some stank, so don't worry uh, about that. It, but um, but that I don't. That's not a bad one. I don't know if I bought that one myself, but one that I do know with fairly 100% certainty that I bought was a. Uh, Razorblade Romance by him. I gotta go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've had this conversation. I'm just gonna say that I do not like him. I un- I want to let you explain how you got into him because I think it's I think it's what I think it is. But just up front, I do not like him. Yes, so, and right. <laughs> uh, I actually one of the one of the people that we talk about in this podcast a lot, Matt our good buddy mm-hmm. um he's one of the only the slayer the slayer person yeah, this, we're talking about actually too. that's true I, I i pissed him off earlier when i talked about slayer but now i'm winning yeah. him back because i'm talking about him he's like the only person wait was it was it matt yeah or is it we talking oh no it's it, tony it was well i guess it was both of them it might have been to- tony did like it as well but i have a distinct okay. memory of this was like maybe a year or two ago that uh out of nowhere one day matt just sent me uh 
the album cover for one of the him albums and just said bro bring back love metal and <laughs> was that him okay i didn't i maybe i didn't yes put it together that matt Don't, was also the one that likes him. i think unless i'm completely confusing the story but i'm pretty sure it was he'll, also matt he'll correct us if i'm wrong either way but well i remember tony liked it yes and that's our, our buddy tony also did like it but so him yeah. was a weird one for me i guess but you're right there is sort of you know method to the madness because i grew up very much a part of like skateboarding culture and i i still am i i identify very heavily with um there a lot of different you know niches of culture music being probably but, the, the biggest but skateboarding is is certainly where but, but to, correct me if i'm wrong but it's more because i was i mean this hit your generation more than me at the time but it was such a big deal but it's more like that jackass generation and Ex- the cky stuff. exactly so that opened the skateboarding the music like that was so impressive and so cool like granted i don't like cky or him but i get like how that would grab someone because it's all part of that world. Yes, so, and and that's is that is that how it happened? Uh, so yes, happened. I mean pr- pretty much. I guess skateboarding came first, but then what came out? It, oh, okay. it was sort, but it was that. sort of okay. cyclical because you know it, skateboarding sure. came first, and what that led to was me being there for. I mean, so when Jackass aired, I would have been I think six or seven. And I watched it when it, Probably, when it aired yeah. because yeah. my my older brother Christian, uh, you know, he's yeah. he's seven and a half years older than me, so he was always introducing me to that stuff. He got me into skateboarding, and mm-hmm. so he introduced me to Jackass. And being a kid at that age, at that time, you know, as all of kids my age did, I mean, we fell in love with Bam Margera and the CKY stuff. And oh yeah, th- at that time, I had never had a band that was something that I felt like I had discovered on my own, even even though I was getting it from, you know, the the media I was consuming, but I, I had never found a band on my own. And then Bam was so in love with this band. They had a symbol that was sort of like mystical and weird looking to me. I could draw it all over my binders. Was, and As a young kid, that's very powerful. Yeah. The whole imagery. I mean, the, just the whole, you feel like you're part of a, a unique group. I mean, that's how most people get into music anyway, or at least subgenres and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I mean, that's, why wouldn't you? Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> I mean. so then, you know, that that sort of fed into me being like, oh shit. I don't even know what this band fully sounds like, but I know that I want to hear it. And so I remember, I think it was at uh what you'll you'll know the store. Uh it was at the mall, FYE. Is that what it was called? Furry Entertainment? Oh, yeah. For, yeah, Furry Entertainment. Yeah, everybody had FYE. Yeah, that's that's what Sam it was. Sam Goody or any of those. Yes, yeah. yes. I didn't Sam yeah. Goody become FYE? I can't I don't know, something like that. Regardless, yeah. <laughs> I went. I remember going to Fye, and I remember buying Razorblade Romance by him. And I remember taking it home, and I wore that shit out. Like in oh, yeah. my mom's Chevy Suburban, I played that album to death, and I put it on my Xbox, and it would play while I oh, played boy, Xbox that, games. That was the thing. That was the thing. Yeah, yep. it was amazing. Yeah, yeah, like so, it's it's funny now because. If I ever play Grand Theft Auto San Andreas mm-hmm. and I don't hear him, I think the game yeah. is glitching out. <laughs> uh, but anyway, it's that that is the first album that I remember specifically buying. Um, Couldn't even tell you a song on that album. <laughs> Couldn't even tell you one song. Bro, it's, I, I, it's... but you know what? I haven't, I have not let myself listen to it in probably, I mean, at least 10 years, if not more. And that's something where... Oh, yeah. It's maybe one day I'll go back to it, but that that's got to stay in my past because like I don't I don't want to ever 
I don't want to ever come at that with the lens of like, oh, wait, this music actually sucks. And it may not. It may, it may hold up. But I don't ever want to risk that because yeah. that's like the whole reason. Well, special to you. I mean, it's that's the whole point. I mean, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. I mean, and that's and I think that's why yeah. first albums are interesting because, you know, even you with like Reload, it's like you find yeah. there's some reason why you come to these albums and you're like, OK, this is I feel the need as a young kid with absolutely no money to find a way to yeah. buy this album. Yeah. Yeah, that's why it was so significant. Yeah, it's it's interesting feeling, especially back then. And I still, I mean, old man me will still. This is the reason why I buy vinyl now. But it's just like that whole, you know, you especially back then. You know, you buy a CD, um, and you mostly you don't really have the option to not like it. I I remember I can count on one hand how many albums I bought or CDs that like I bought and regretted. Yes. Because you would usually wear them out because it's the only music you had. So it's obviously a Spotify and the streaming age and. Napster is all, you know, just, or even blogs as for a while there, you know, just be able to get any music you want at any time and just consume it. Like it's just at that point, you didn't really have the option. You'd listen to that and you basically learned to like it. Yeah. No, <laughs> so, I mean, 100%. But, but you had all the liner notes and everything else. Like the whole media experience was like, that's what I loved about uh, CDs. And, you know, that fell off for several years. And that's why I'm into vinyl now because I still love the, you know, tangible thing you can hold and do all that kind of stuff because it's, that's what connects me to most music. Um, and that's probably, you know, like with him or uh, Metallica Reload, it's just like, you, that's what you remember about it. Like when I hear these albums, even now putting them up on Spotify, like I remember the liner notes and the stuff in them and like how it was listed. Cause like in my head, as I was listening to songs, like I could see them, you know, was it, were the lyrics printed vertically or horizontally yeah. or how was the track list laid out? You know, like, so that, that stuff repeats in my head as I'm listening to something and takes me back there. So it's just, that's a very powerful experience that I don't know how this new generation of people getting into music will reference. Yeah, I I agree with that. I I think that that it's, it's a much different game now whenever from such a young age, I mean, you, you could be like five and you can just literally go on your parents' phone or your own phone because so many kids have them at such a young age now and you just fucking open up Spotify and you can click on anything and it could be any type of music. You have no personal connection to it. And maybe that starts something for you, but it doesn't start from a place of like, I know I want to listen to this. It just, it starts from a place of like, uh, I'm going to tap the screen and what comes out could dictate the next 15 yeah. years of my listening. Well, it's all about the the playlist and everything else, which I don't dislike because, you know, mixtapes are great and everything else. And, you know, it, that that's still a fun thing to do, but, um, you know, nobody's getting into the, the album and people and bands for that, as I've mentioned already, they're not really writing the albums most of the time. Like they are just writing a bunch of songs or the singles. I mean, most of the stuff we listen to is not really designed for yeah. that. They're still, bands trying to write stuff but it's like it's not the thought process that goes into making an album is not really there as much anymore so you know that's why everything now is just it's playlist or songs and so it's you never really get the full experience and um i just i can't do that i can't listen to an album and go well i only like these three songs so i'm only gonna listen to these three songs yeah. it's like no like i'm gonna listen to the album and if your album's not doing it for me then okay yeah then, then, I, then i'm not gonna listen not, to even those three songs that i like i'm not <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm not going to pull out those three songs. I'll be able to be like, oh, those are the three songs I know. Um, but it's just not it's not in my nature to be like, oh, I'm just going to pull those off and put them on a playlist and listen to only those three. It's like, no, that's not – I have the same feeling with movies. It's like if a director made a movie, like, all right, I need to put my eyes on it, shut up, and watch it. It's the same thing with music. It's like this is how they're presenting it to me. If this is the track list, this is how they expected me to listen to it. I don't shuffle it until I get – I do that sometimes way later on after listening to an album, yeah. but it's like that. This is this is how it's presented to me. This is how I'm going to consume it, and either you pass or fail. Yeah, you know. That's I mean, I, so. absolutely. That's I mean, that's and I. 
there's probably, you know, I, I, like you said, I'm sure that's different for a lot of people now, but that's just, you know, that, that's how I grew up on it. And, and I'm sort of, I'm like right on the cusp of being, uh, you know, I, I was definitely one of the last generations I feel like of people that was still buying CDs and not doing everything oh, sure. streaming. At least regularly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And so, you know, it's, yeah. it's, I've seen sort of both ends of that spectrum to a degree and, uh, yeah, it's, it's, I, I always wonder what, what, what does a kid do now if, for their first music? But, um, yeah, I don't think you can ask this question to people in 10 years. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean it's, it's, maybe it, even five yeah, years. I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> it is quickly becoming obsolete. Um, but that actually, the, this all actually sort of flows into one of the other things that I am curious about with you. And I, I may, I may know the answer to this one. I may have heard or have an idea at least, but I'm curious for you if there's a person or a thing that is what you consider like the most the biggest influence on your musical life because i guess i should start by saying that this question is sort of interesting for me to to ask to you specifically because i mean for even for the people that are listening to this that know us uh i don't know how much they really probably know about um like me and your past and especially me as like a younger kid and uh, I mean, for me, while I did have influences from other other points and stuff, for all intents and purposes, my major musical appreciation and and love and the way that it's expanded and flourished pretty much started after I met you. And that's, I mean, and as we said, you met me when I was like, you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you met me when I was when I was nine years old, and I was no, sure, I was yeah, fresh that makes, off that makes of sense. getting into things like him and CKY and. Um, sure. there, you know, and I guess, you know, that for me, where it really started in terms of branching out into like heavier music and, and more underground stuff that eventually led me to want you to sort of guide me on that path was that, and I, I'm, I'm actually, I'm hoping this person listens. I know they followed me on Instagram. I don't know if they actually will listen, but maybe I'll tag them. Um, I had a friend growing up named Adam and he had, two older brothers, uh, one of which was I named Alex. And he was like, when I was a young, young kid, he was like, you know, the coolest guy to me. He was a couple grades above us. And he one time gave me an old CD that he had made that just was called Metal Shit. And I think I was in... <laughs> the classic time. I think I was in fourth grade. <laughs> May, yeah, I think I was in fourth grade. And this CD... It didn't work after the fourth track, but the first four tracks was three songs off of Pass the Flask by The Blood, and there was Mordecai by Between the Buried and Me, and Mm -hmm. those songs, like, I heard all those, they blew my mind, but then I, like, I had no other frame of reference for what these bands were, where to go with them, and then that all, then, and then at that time you sort of came into to my life and you were in a band already and you played metal music and uh you know yeah. very quickly you i could tell that you were like you know you were in the know about this shit and that instantly led me to gravitate towards you sort of pushing me in this direction i actually have a memory of us in in fye as a matter of fact uh bringing that up again it was me and you and my mom and my sister your wife and I was looking for this. This is going to be a deep cut that actually uh, only probably <laughs> one of our listeners I would think will know what this is. Um, I was looking for an album by a band called Statues Cry Bleeding, 
and oh and <laughs> what did would they even have a record no then that was that was the thing i didn't even know what i wanted oh. i just remembered that i had seen it written on alex this guy that i'm talking about i had seen it written on oh, his okay. stuff and i was like well, yeah we played with that band yeah, yeah well and is, <laughs> we knew that we knew isn't that guys. the one that uh ended up becoming i wrestled a bear once oh uh, yeah. yeah yeah i had the i had the hoodie uh for our statues cry yeah. bleeding i think it was brown and blue and yeah so anyway i was looking yeah. for a statues cry bleeding album and it i obviously couldn't find it and i remember you just being like okay you clearly want to get into this kind of music but like you don't really know what you're looking for and you took me over to the a's and you picked up watch out by alexis on fire and you were like start here and uh <laughs> which those aren't really related but i'm glad i gave you that instead. yeah that's true I, well, because i think that you saw like this is a fucking like a 10 year old 11 year old kid who doesn't wait did you end up getting it uh yeah i think i i did but i don't have it anymore uh i don't i don't know oh, okay. whatever happened to the album but i did end up getting it and uh to be honest it's kind of funny because of all of the stuff that i listened to as a young kid that album did not stick with me and is definitely not an, an alexis on fire album that i like but anyway you sort of like you don't like watch out i, I like it but i don't whoa hold on back back up <laughs> <laughs> you don't like watch out i you know what? I guess I should say it's probably my second favorite Alexis on Fire album. Uh, but I Aww. prefer uh, what is it called? The the one that was, I mean, years after um, Young Cardinals. Yeah, oh, that's a great yeah. album. I, I mean, preferred that one, but I uh, and there are songs off Watch Out that I like, and I I don't know. I haven't listened to any of it in years, but. <laughs> but the point is, uh, your sister is going to have uh, some words with you. As well, I believe but, uh, that. But but for me, you know, I think of that as like, you know, a moment where like music, you know, my, my musical influence exploded. I also remember a time whenever I was playing Guitar Hero Two with my friend Harrison, and mm-hmm. you walked into okay. the room, and we were playing the song Six by All That Remains, and I was like, Griffin, have you heard of this band All That Remains? This shit's so good. And you sort of were like, oh, yeah, it's okay. But have you heard of At the Gates? (laughs) (laughs) I feel like that's my, our whole relationship has just been like, yeah, but let me show you. Yeah, well, and that's, but but I guess like that's why I bring this up is that, you know, for me, I have all these moments that I remember that are like totally fucking turning points in why I'm literally all of those are individual pieces of why I'm sitting here right now talking into a microphone about music. And so I just wonder for you, I mean, like you just grew up with a lot of people that were into music, but I mean, did you have anyone that was super oh, into yeah. like uh, that, w- that was pointing you in that direction? Uh, first off, watch out. Tears for Fears, Song to the Big Chair, and Alexis on Fire, watch out. Let's just say I, I, I got some hot takes <laughs> today, baby. Uh, I like all Alexis on Fire stuff. Uh, maybe not the first album anymore because it's, it's, it's showing its age. But uh, anyway, that's a great album. Um, Yes, I did, especially speaking of At The Gates. So um, I'll start with, you know, so my musical journey has really been, you know, as a kid, I got really into soundtracks and stuff. And so being very theatrical and everything else, like I would get soundtracks, listen to them and, you know, act out the scenes from the movie. So like the classic one I can think of is Broken Arrow, the movie with uh, John Travolta and Christian Slater. I still love that <gasps> movie. Great John Woo movie. Um, but like stuff like, like I got really into those soundtracks. But anyway, so that led to other soundtracks like i remember the mortal Kombat soundtrack was such a big fucking soundtrack for me Damn. and it had that's uh, a heater um it had not fucking what am i gonna say uh, fear factory was on it so i got it so that mm. kind of opened the door to like oh sh- those bands exist but it wasn't enough for me to go get an album because i was too young to even buy that but i'm just saying like that interests me um 
you know, but I even like, sh- I remember getting Spice Girls CDs for Christmas or Michael Jackson or whatever, just like uh, the door was always open is the point. So, but I knew I was starting to go towards a heavier genre. So once I was getting old enough, um, you know, Korn's Father Leader came. So I, I, let me back up. There's two people I, I say in, influential, but I'll, I'll really talk about the, the, the main one. But my friend growing up, Spencer, he had an older brother, Taylor, who was into all this stuff. So had all the corn posters mm-hmm. and was listening to all these bands, mid nineties and Deftones. So I really equate him to getting me into my favorite band Deftones um, because we were just stealing his CDs and listening to them. So it was like the one band I had not found on my own. And so that really opened the door for me. But anyway, so I was getting into new metal um, late nineties, early two thousands, and then starting to get into more like emo core stuff. So I remember like distinctly like getting the bands like the used mm-hmm. or, you know, that whole genre yeah. on my own. Um, and starting to get into, uh, you know, I really started getting into the starting line and uh, Newfound Glory. So, like, it was always, there was, like, a couple years there was, like, oh, no, new metal only. And then, like, it started to branch out into more emo and pop punk and everything else. But anyway, the real person that was influential, and I, he does listen to this podcast, um, would be uh, a guy named Alan, who I was in a band with for several years. But uh, my sister started dating him in high school. For whatever reason, I think she said, oh, my brother does music. And he was only what a year maybe two years older than me um at the time i think i was 13 or 14 maybe seventh seventh or eighth grade whatever it was but anyway i started hanging out with him and he him and his brother just fucking kicked the door wide open (laughs) for me because i don't know how or why um and maybe i can get this from him but i think it's because they were growing up they were growing up in the music scene as well and they were in you know small shitty bands but um these bands were coming to town so i think they would just frequent a local music venue and they would these bands would come to town but anyway I met him, I go to his house all the time and they would just show me bands like, Oh, you know, I was just very much into this mainstream stuff. Cause how far can you get without the internet yeah. at that point? But they were like, they had the internet at their house, which was the one big fucking thing. Like, Oh, they had fast internet and they were downloading shit all the time and burning me CDs. And so that, you know, they got me into, you know, hopes fall one of my favorite mm-hmm. fucking bands now. Um, and at the gates was, I mean, when they put on slaughter of the soul, it's like, Oh my God, uh, game changer. <laughs> so I, I, he showed me dashboard confessional. Like I just remember they just all the, uh, European metal, soil work, in flames. Just we were constantly together, and we were constantly discovering new music, and from every avenue, from the internet to um, I remember, you know, the music channels that were on um, whatever whatever it was, Charter Communications at the time, whatever yeah. cable company we had. But they had all those you know music channels up in the nine hundreds, and there was a metal channel or a hard rock channel, and we would just have that on all the time. And I remember hearing the first Kill Switch Engage on that, and then Ooh. running out and buying that album like that week. Like, it's just like so much music happened because just we were consuming it um, at fast rates, but we were actually still buying stuff. But we were also, it was early downloading because some stuff you couldn't buy. So, like, hearing Norma Jean and Poison the Well and um, just the door, just two years of just a whole group of us. And we we're also in a band together, but, um, you know, trying to learn how to play this stuff and listening to it. And just to me, I've always been a person who, you know, once I find something, I kind of go off and even my hobbies and everything else. It's like, I'll just go do all of it or like, you know, get as much information as I can. So as I was learning bands, you know, I'd, I'd be like, okay, this band leads to that band leads to that band. So I, I did all that work myself at that point and found all these other things, which led to something like Alexis on fire, which, you know, they weren't listening to, but I yeah. was. So they just showed me uh, the Avenue and I would just take it all the way to the end. Yeah. So I was always one that was listening to stuff probably way far left field from what my friends were, but I would bring back stuff and, you know, see if they're into, but yeah, Alan definitely, or at least, and his brother Larry, um, definitely were my big 
showed me there was more than just, you know, what's on MTV, yeah. I guess is the way to put it. And at that age, it's perfect, you know, 13, 14. So. Yeah. Well, I mean. So I'm thankful for yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, and that's why <laughs> it's, I was, it's led me pretty far. I was curious because, you know, I, like I said, you know, for me, it's, it's very cut and dry. And I, I, I assume that most people have that person um, or like, I mean, there's, there's always that one thing that really does uh, really take hold of you and, and point you in that direction. But yeah. I, I feel like, like you said, it, it's a good point to make that before you had the internet, um, now, I mean, may, maybe this is even obsolete to, to the generation now because, you know, yeah. if it, like you don't need someone like that necessarily now. You can, you can go on Spotify and Spotify will tell you what fans also like if you know, if you know one song that you're into and you can yeah, jump and, from and, there. I still like the personal recommendations from people. I mean, that's one reason why we do this. But, um, you know, I've, I've always tried to be that for my close group of friends and not from a dickhead way to be like, oh, I know more than you. Check out this. But just more of I think the best way to like anything, you know, word of mouth or talking about it leads to more fandom than just, oh, go type this into Spotify, like something like this podcast yeah. or just face to face where you actually talk about reasons why it's good, because that's always going to motivate me more than just, hey, check out a band. I found. Yeah. Uh, OK, you didn't really tell me why, too. So I've always liked doing that for my friends, at least to be like, here's why I think you would enjoy this from what I know about you from a personal level. Yeah. It's, it's you know, like it's like out, a camaraderie thing because you, you you're it's, yeah. it's like, you know, you're looking or you you, f- you feel like you found something that's uh, benefiting someone that, you know, on, yeah. on a personal level and obviously music. Yeah touches me and you in a in a very deep way but you know it, sharing that with oh, somebody yeah. else is is so great too and i i don't yeah. i like to be that for anyone that i can as well i'm a little more reserved about it and that's also just uh the nature of me not having as many friends that are uh especially now that i've i've moved you know so many of my friends are not big into music they're definitely not into a lot of the music that i listen to and so like i kind of keep it away but at any possible opportunity i i do like to be that for someone because i know what what it's been like to discover uh you know a really good band or have someone or have someone tell me about a really good band and why they think i would be into it and, and the places that's taken me so yeah i i couldn't agree more you know share that shit with anybody you can and you know try try and be that influencer for somebody else if you can yeah, I mean it's a it's a special bond. I remember, you know, um, it's the same way Alan would do it for me. I mean, he just kind of show me stuff. But he, as I've learned with my friends or anybody else or you know even my family, it's like um, he would learn like what would what I would like versus what our other friend would like, and he would you know he would recommend correctly. I guess not that he wouldn't show us both something, but he knew what like oh this person's gonna like that versus the other yeah. person. So that's you know I've obviously learned that over the years too as I've recommended stuff. But it's just like sometimes it's like oh give me that left field thing though. Like what do you, what do you what's over there that you're talking yeah. about? Like, you know, so, um, it's interesting to see that even with my own wife, like stuff that, um, I didn't think she would like. And especially the past couple of years, her musical journey has changed. It's just like really paying attention to what, 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 you know, what I grab from a band or a genre, you know, is totally different from what you or anybody else is. So like, just because you like that genre doesn't mean that you're going to get the same takeaway that I did. So it's, it was, I started to relearn that with her, like, Oh, this is what she likes about this, it's, it had nothing really to do with the genre. It's the presentation of it and what it was trying to convey and all that. So it's like, <clears throat> okay, she likes this band, but then this band sounds like this one. She's like, I don't like that one, but it's, it's for totally different reasons. Yeah. You know, it's like to learn that about someone, I think that's like really fun and interesting. And, um, I've mentioned it before. Like I, I always want to know what somebody else hears. Cause I know what I hear, but like, how do you hear yeah. it? So I think that's one of the biggest human mysteries is like, 
you don't hear the same thing I'm hearing. And it's just like, but (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I mean, it's it's funny that you bring that up about, uh, you know, playing music to a significant other. uh, And I think probably for both of our cases, um, maybe a little less so with you, but like um, my girlfriend, Brianna is, she, she loves music, but she is not, I mean, she doesn't like actively listen to a lot of music and it's not really her thing. She has some old jams from like childhood and shit. Um, And yeah, I I think that I've sort of been in a similar situation where, she's found something that she really likes and and I get sort of gung ho and I'll find something in the same genre that I'll play for. And she'll be like, no, like that's, that's not what I want. And it has been sort of a process to, to think about that as, you know, it, it it does sort of transcend when you, when you're recommending music to somebody else, it does transcend genre and, and style and stuff. And it it goes more into personal attachment and personal feeling and then what they are drawing out of it. And that's like, I think that is, that and yeah, it should. And that's sort of a sign of, really getting to to know someone is being able to to pick out those things that they are vibing with that maybe they can't even explain but it's there and it's drawing them to it um i've been lately trying to figure out something though to get my girlfriend brianna into that's not uh hosier or however the fuck you say his name uh what is that what she's into now is what you're saying no i mean she's not like a diehard fan or anything but she does like those those two albums and uh i'm always like well, let's not listen to that. Let's listen to this. And I'll think it's similar, uh, but it's never, let's it's never, it's never similar. However, I did randomly have, um, the newest story so far album on the other day. And she like poked her head out from the other room and was like, Hey, this is kind of good. What's this? So, uh, yeah. you know, you never know what they're going to find. Well, the best recommendation, and I gave it to, uh, my wife as well was, um, really use spotify i mean start to listen to stuff you like and then let it play after you listen to stuff and i mean she has found so much music that i didn't even know about that i like now uh because she's she's built up spotify to understand her and i love spotify for that because it does it all the time for me i finish an album and it starts automatically playing stuff like it and um if it's it's more it varies but i'll say more times than not it'll play something i didn't know and then i'll end up liking that and go back and listen to it later so it's it's a nice feature, and I think they've got a crazy good algor- algorithm if you train it. Yeah, oh, yeah. So that's, I mean, that's, that's, that's the recommendation I would have for anybody now is just play shit you like repeatedly, and then it'll start to learn you, and you can, you know, find awesome. Yes, stuff. because if you use it incorrectly, it can go very, very poorly, and can recommend you some shit that well, sure. is uh, some real stinkers. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, uh, you know, this this has been uh, this has been even more informative than I think I even expected, and the only other thing. And we maybe maybe this has already sort of been touched on, but um, what do you consider is like the band that that first changed your life? Because that may not be the first band that you bought an album. Fine, change your change your. I, change I mean, your I guess I fine. yeah, that maybe that's broad, but change your life in terms of um, instantly made you know that you were always going to be attached to music, and and for me, I know what that is. For for me, it's Linkin Park, and. I don't even know why because I'm not a big like I mean hybrid theory for life but I I think that I think that my brother Christian gave me hybrid theory and I don't even know why he had it or why he would have bought it or how else I would have gotten it but I just know that that CD came into my possession when I was very young and I remember hearing it and I remember walking around my neighborhood as a kid like singing these songs in my head that I only could barely comprehend because i was so young but i remember knowing at that time like oh wait i'm going to be obsessed with music 
forever and i i remember it very distinctly yeah. and even though it, like i said him was like a big thing for me and a lot of those other bands but however lincoln park got into my library at an even younger age that was the band that i think just really set the set things in motion um but i don't know i mean is that like metallica for you is that one of those early bands uh no 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 uh i mean yeah, it was influential just to get me into probably heavier music. But first of all, I'll say I remember getting hybrid. I remember Linkin Park. I was older, obviously, and you know that album still fucking rips. And it does. The first time, I mean, we all bought it because of the single. What the fuck is it called now? Uh, which uh, one? There's, there's a. I mean, like every song on that album is a, the first single. The shut up when I'm talking to you. Oh, uh, one step yeah, closer. one step closer. The worst song on the it album. It is the worst song yeah. on the album, but it's still heavy though. But, but when you pop it in and you open with paper cuts, like mm. how great that fucking song is. Like so that, I had already, I already knew. Like it, it wasn't a life. Cha- it was more of a life changing moment from the fact that like okay, this is a band doing something completely different new and just how it hit i mean it, that was a perfect album yeah. so yeah i mean that was a life-changing moment and the fact that this band with a stupid fucking name and a song <laughs> a ridiculous a ridiculous first single that we all bought the album for that because like okay you know it's it was new but like the album was so much better than that so song. much better um, but but for me i'd say and this is probably obvious but i mean let's look around the room i'm in and the tattoos on my arm but uh deftones i mean just because it was the first time i already knew heavy music i was already getting into corn and all that kind of stuff but like hearing uh, adrenaline and around the fur um, was when I got into them. Um, it was probably a year, maybe a little longer before White Pony came out. Um, but just like that music could be like that, and it could be that emotion. I mean, hearing songs like, um, you know, My Own Summer and Mascara and Be Quiet and Drive all in the same album, like just that crazy shift and how emotional it was. And that's why I've obviously been drawn to emo and everything else. It's just like that emotion and such heavy music and adrenaline's a great album too but obviously it was a little more uh had a little more hip-hop influence than any of them but um like wow that that could even be yeah. a thing and that it hit, hit me immediately i mean it made me pick up a guitar learn the first uh you know deftone song i mean it made me want to play drums made me want to be in a band um made me want to um do live stuff i mean it's just like it just kind of opened the door and then obviously fed into thousands of other things but it's just that would ha- I mean, that's, that's the reason it's tattooed or White Pony's tattooed on me. But I think, as much as that those albums got me into it, White Pony is the one that made solidified it. Just because, what a yeah. change <laughs> from from around the fur to White Pony, and like nobody fucking liked that, but I loved it. Like that was okay. Now I'm here for it. That a band to me that was the first time I I was able to comprehend at whatever young age what that was eleven maybe, um, that a band can go from that to this and it'd be okay yeah you know and be the same band and like that they were allowed to make something different you know it's like oh you're, you can do that you don't you don't just make the same genre over time or, you know i did i couldn't comprehend that until i was deep enough into music and understood what music was and what a band was um and so yeah that's it's it's got to be it's got to be deftones right. so. well that's It'll always be as Deftones. I, okay. I was about to say, I think that really uh, it's, it's always going to be Deftones for you. No matter, no matter what the question is, the answer is probably I, Deftones. It, the answer is most likely Deftones. Uh, but they've opened so many other doors, so it's just like it's – I just I can't. When they part ways, it's going to be a tough That's day. true. That will be yeah. – who knows, though? They, those dudes could fucking skateboard into the sunset for the rest of time. Who knows? Yeah, that's true. Fucking good old California boys. Well, that's uh, that's. I think that's a good place to to sort of cut this off. I think that we've been we're a little over an hour. 
Um, we've kind of touched on a lot of the stuff that I wanted to talk about and, and delved into some of where me and you started with all of this. And we have sure. plenty, plenty, plenty more musical history. between. Oh, no, that's it. Um, that's all we got. Uh, four episodes. We're good. Yeah. Appreciate it. Bye. <laughs> uh, and and m- more of this stuff will come out as we go. But I think that this is, uh, as, as I've said, this is a good place for people to sort of uh, start off knowing where our, our musical tastes come from and how it's evolved to this point. Because I think, you know, everyone, everyone has something different to lead them to where they are. And for the people that are listening to this podcast, clearly um, you guys are also people that have had these huge impactful moments or people on your life or albums. You know, I'm sure that even in us talking about this, listening you're probably thinking in your mind right now you're you're imagining that first time you you bought an album or the first album you picked up and and that's what i i wanted this to be is a chance for everyone else to share in that feeling of of the power of music from a time a time when you were so young that you may not even remember distinctly that that's that's the moment um but whenever you really start to reflect that that's what set you to do all of these things that you've done and and for so many of the the people that listen to this and people that we respect and look up to you know that led to making more music that we love and it's it's all just cyclical and i think this is important for everyone who loves music to sort of go back on and reflect but that's that's where i'm going to leave it for today i think that we've we've ended on a high note and we've got into some some deep feels for the both of us today Go yeah, <laughs> this, we're gonna we're gonna log <laughs> off here and go wipe away our tears. Mm-hmm. Um, so, with all of this wrapped up now, thank you again for listening this far into episode four. Keep letting everyone know that you would think would enjoy this podcast. Um, the The weekly schedule seems to be set now. I think that, as I said last episode, yeah. we should be looking at you know around Thursdays for every upload. And also, I think that this has been a good episode for uh, some some hot debates that have sprung from seemingly nowhere. I'm going to start a hashtag war. I mean, I'm very upset. Uh, so, over well, here, clearly. So, uh... And so if you guys want to uh, side with Griffin and be wrong, that's okay. I'm, yeah, I won't be mad you know... at you if you choose to like the wrong thing. But let, let us know because I, I want to see what the popular opinion is. First of all, Tears for Fears. Yeah, yeah. Who, who likes the hurting What's yeah, exactly. Album? We got to know. I didn't say I didn't like The Hurting. What is the better that, album? Okay, that okay. I, I won't put my bias on it. What's the better album? Yeah. The Hurting or Songs from the Big Chair? Songs from the Big Chair. Uh, yep. And then also, what's your favorite Alexis on Fire album? Because I'm I'm curious now because I haven't heard anyone really talk about Alexis on Fire in so long that... You're just not listening, bro. Cause I back. know they are back, but I... Okay, well, we'll talk about that true. at a different time. But yeah, the, you're just not paying attention because <laughs> watch out. It's watch out. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, mixed feelings. Yeah. But anyway, be sure to check us out on all of the available streaming platforms, whatever is most convenient for you. We don't have to have an asterisk by our name anymore by saying it's not on Spotify. So please <laughs> listen on Spotify. Um, those 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 listens, those plays, and uh, anyone that's following us, that actually goes a really long way on Spotify. So we really, really appreciate that. Please continue to rate us on iTunes. And please interact with us on social media as well. And you can you can leave reviews on iTunes. I think Stitcher as well. So reviews are obviously helpful too. Yeah, so totally. People searching it out and want to know what it is. So that's all very helpful. Retweet on the twatters. Yeah, absolutely. Instagram stories. Whatever yeah, you got. and and now that we've got the social media set up, I am getting more and more active by the day, uh, running the Audiophiles account. 
So um, that'll give us a good segue into signing off because if you want to follow us on social media, we are at audiophilespod, all one word, all lowercase, and that is going to be on Twitter, Instagram, and I believe that is the Facebook way to find us as well. Griffin set that up because I believe so. I am a monster and don't I'm have Facebook. Very poor at managing it. But well, <laughs> I will, I will, I will make it perfect for everyone. But it is currently we are perfect, primarily so. interacting through Instagram. But however you want to get at us, Correct. please do that. Yeah. And I haven't said this up to this point, um, but I also would enjoy if you guys you know follow us on our personal accounts. I guess maybe maybe I've linked my own personal account, but. I'm fine if you want to talk yeah. to me on there about it. DM me on the personal account oh, yeah, uh, for either of us. Be- slide right yes, in. Slide right into those DMs because, <laughs> um, you know, sometimes it might be a little more personal. You might not want to just uh, talk to us on, on the general page. If you want to get something a little more involved, feel free to reach out to us personally. We totally, totally are okay with that. And um, send in more suggestions. I've had a couple people that keep sending me suggestions for things to listen to, whether it's other podcasts or albums. Um, I did actually have someone send me a couple links to a few different bands, and one of them was a band called Alarmist, and uh, if you are listening, you know who you are, and I haven't listened to it yet, but I will listen to it, so... Wow, what a poor setup. <laughs> but the point is is that send me those recommendations because I, I take all of those to heart. Send those to Griffin as well, because the more we can, uh, well, yeah, the more we can talk about things we don't know, the more interesting these conversations get. Well, yeah, let us know what to talk about. I mean, we obviously have our topics that we've discussed off offline, but if you've got something uh, that you want to hear, we're open to talking yeah, about it. absolutely. So thank you, everyone. Take care. We will see you next week. And uh, keep listening to all that fucking music, dog. <laughs>